If you believe, then just throw on a pair of your comfiest, coziest headphones and get ready to enjoy another episode of RSL Season Pass, brought to you by your fearless hosts, Alex, Ethan, and Cody, as they bring you up to speed on all the latest news and rumors about Real Salt Lake. Hello, everybody, and welcome to RSL Season Pass. I am Ethan Kershaw, and I am joined today by Cody Kershaw and Alex Maurer to bring you all things Real Salt Lake. For the last week or so, we're recording this episode on a Tuesday evening because our summer schedules are absolutely jam-packed. So just getting to all of this RSL content, but thank you all very much for listening to the episode today and being patient with us and our uh, our crazy busy schedules. Um, today on the episode, we have our pod trivia segment, which everybody loves, um, especially Alex, because he gets to ask the questions. We've got our Monarchs Minute prepared by Alex as well. Um, no Royal Roundup on the episode for this episode, but we do have a big piece of club news that overshadows a lot of other things on this one. For me, it's Probably the biggest takeaway from the game that we got to review. And after the club news, we will talk very briefly, I'm sure, about the game that happened against LAFC. And then, believe it or not, even though RSL Hint Hint is out of the Leaks Cup, we do have a game to preview for the LA Galaxy game. It'll be this Sunday, so we will likely be recording after that game happens. So we're going to go ahead and preview that one on this episode. Before we dive on into all of the goodness, though... Alex, how are you doing today? I am busy. As you mentioned, we are recording this much later than we normally do in the week. We try to have these out on Monday. We will not be doing so this week. We apologize. And part of that is because I am in full teacher school starting swing mode. It's just fast and furious over here. I'm trying to get my classroom all put together. And the final touches went up today when I hung my signed Pablo Ruiz jersey in the corner alongside a couple RSL scarves so that people know that I'm cool and hip and trendy. And so the students see that I'm not just some robot that shows up to teach, but instead is super, super cool and loves sports and all things athletic. So that has been really fun and extremely stressful. I spent a lot of time building the room and now I have to actually, you know, make the lesson plans and everything that goes along with that, unfortunately. But it has been a whirlwind of a good time and I'm very excited to do it. And I'm just ready for the first day to start. And I think this is the most nervous I've ever been for a first day of school in my life, probably. So to all the ninth graders that I'll be teaching, uh, it's kind of like when you go to uh, like hunt, I assume I've never been hunting, but you know, the old adage that they're more afraid of you than you are of them. I have to imagine that that holds true at least a little bit for myself. That's fair. Um, I yeah, think, uh, your Cody approach not- to teaching is probably how every teacher starts out. They want to seem cool. They want to seem hip, not a robot. And then <laughs> I years say, and years. I, I say that being broken down, <laughs> give it a few years. And, and, uh, I'm curious to see if that's still your, your approach to teaching, yeah, but I, I think that's awesome. I think, uh, thank you. I mean, are, are you going to let them know it's your first day teaching? Cause if so, I, I may not do that, but, uh, Oh, I'm going to let them know. I'm going to lean into it really hard. All right. I think that's the only way to go, you know, Can't update us in there before I'm just update really us on, on how that goes. I'm curious. <laughs> yeah, you'll hear it on the next uh, week's episode. I'm sure. All right. Cody, right. Cody, not in school, but um, Cody, how are you doing today? 
I'm offended. You don't think I'm in school. Just kidding. I'm not in school. I haven't been in school for a long time. Um, I'm good. I We didn't have a soccer game this weekend for my outdoor team. Uh, obviously playing on the premier team of the D1 team. I was hoping for at least one game, but they both had a bye week. So I'm extra rested myself. Um, RSL for my U14s if you're interested. I could do that. You're going to have to shave, but we can make it work. I could shave and put that hair up top and <laughs> I was gonna say, probably, you would have to probably put a wig on as well. Maybe. A little bit younger. Yeah. <laughs> um, so anyway, uh, I, I got, I got some rest this week, which I guess was, was kind of needed, but at the same time, it's always nice to get a weekend game in and play a full 90 and just get the exercise. Um, especially with the weather we've had, it's not been like crazy hot, but it's, I mean, it's been warm. So early games are like perfect right now. Um, so I'm looking forward to getting back into that this weekend. Um, so yeah, other than that, I'm, I'm doing great. Ethan, great. how are you doing? Great to hear. Um, Cody gets to ask. I really wanted to get that one in this week. Oh, you so much, Alex. I appreciate it. Doing well. Just very busy. Um, wife's not feeling too great today and lots of stuff to do at work. So I have had my plate very full over the last few days. Lots of commitments, lots of appointments, lots of things going on. So uh, I'm exhausted, but I'm excited to uh, to talk about RSL. And I hope I can bring all of the remaining energy that I have within myself to the episode today. <laughs> this is a real um, like Jordan flu game moment for you. <laughs> eh, more the or flu. food poisoning, if you if you will. My wife's got the flu, so I guess I will uh, live through her for, uh, for that. Um, I guess we could say that. But... Um, yeah, no, we've got this episode to ju- jump into, and we've got uh, a good amount of things to talk about. Um, maybe some some controversial or differing opinions on some of the segments today. Before we dive into that goodness, though, um, thank you to everybody who has left a rating or review on the podcast. We very, very much appreciate it. If you don't know where to find us, you can find us on Twitter at RSL Season Pass as our handle on Twitter. Go ahead and give us a follow. And uh, also, there's a link in our bio that has all of our episodes, or you can go to www.rslseasonpass.com. All of our episodes are there. And then leave a pod trivia question that you have come up with uh, in the pod trivia database so that we can um, continue to have awesome questions on our episodes. And speaking of which, we're going to go ahead and jump into one of those questions right now. Alex, tell us what we are dealing with. This question was sent in by Alex Mauer. The uh, oh. pod trivia database is looking a little sparse out there. So if you've been thinking, man, every time they say it, I really wonder if I could put in a question. Now is the week to do so, because unfortunately for you two, this question comes from me. And because of that, it is for all the hashtag believers out there. According to his quote, in my own words, that's the name of the article and published on the team website is where you can find it. What is Gavin Beavers, and I quote, my favorite place ever to go get food? Is it A, Jersey Mike's? Is it B, Mo Betta's? Is it C, Crown Burger? Or is it D, Cafe Rio? So in his article, quote, in my own words, what is Gavin Beavers' favorite restaurant? I'm going to say Mo Betta's because Utahns are gaga for Mo Betta's. I I had a bad experience at Mobetta's, so I don't see it because what? I got I got chicken katsu and it was like wet and like moist and like like soggy almost. It was not how so katsu is supposed to be. Wow. It was disgusting. 
Um, I've never gone back to Movetta's What location? Really? Yeah, what was location bad, were yeah. you at? Uh, the, let's see, it was Pleasant Grove, I think. So No, I've never traveled that yeah. far south in my entire life. I, I, I don't need Mobettas. to. I love Mobettas, dude. The That's why I think it's Mobettas. Insanity. And it's like relatively cheap for how much yeah. you're getting. But for me, the yeah. best one on that list is I, I would have to go maybe Jersey Mike's. I think Cafe Rio. I prefer Costa Vida. That's okay, so if, final answer locked in. Mobettas. Yeah. Mo Cody, Betta. what say you? Uh, this is, I mean, obviously this is just a guess, but I, I'm going to go with the one that I think might be least likely because it's one of my favorite places to eat, and that's going to be Crown Burger. Crown Burger. Are you two locked in? Yeah. Gavin Beavers, being the 18-year-old that he is, who has not seen many restaurants in his life, apparently, says his favorite place to eat in the whole entire world is D Cafe Rio. Oh, Cafe man. Rio. Apparently, in the Academy days, he would be sitting outside in the parking lot and Bodie Hidalgo would come up to him and ask him what he's doing. And the answer would be, I'm waiting for Uber Eats to deliver my Cafe Rio. And that just blows my mind. To be a young oh. professional athlete, Cafe Rio? You can't do better than Cafe Rio? Guess he's never tried Costa Vida. Guess. Um, <laughs> poor guy. <laughs> Missing out. I would hope we aim a little bit higher, but yes, Gavin Beavers, when you see him saving goals in the, hopefully the near future, just know that, man, that guy fuels up with some horchata from Cafe Rio. <laughs> well, this now I'm just, dying to... Pro to, athletes, man, they're just like us. Now I'm just dying to get him in a post-game interview to ask him why... Why, why Cafe Rio? Yeah, why why, why Cafe Rio? Oh, why that that's his... This is, this eat, is but... important for RSL fans to know, because if there's a game where Gavin Beavers is starting, and if you tell him, Gavin... If you get a clean sheet and a win today, I'll give you free Cafe Rio. I think that would fuel him to the dub. Yeah, Just if they, you know, they've got a J-Dogs in stadium. How big of a stretch is it for us to get Ooh, some of that Cafe delicious Rio? pork in stadium? Yeah. I think if Gavin Beavers becomes the permanent starting goalkeeper for RSL, it's something we you think he could make out. it happen. You know, we got like Beckerman's block, Crylock corner. Beavers burritos. Beavers, <laughs> Beavers Cafe Rio burritos. <laughs> there we go. That's it right there. Uh, I think we've struck man. Gold Goodness me. Here <laughs> we are talking tell about, about this burritos idea. and Cafe I think Rio. Gavin. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think he's the one, actually. Goodness me. Well, Beavers what a pod trivia question. Um, Gavin Beavers loves Cafe Rio. So the more you know, uh, probably won't help you much in your life, but it's fun to know, I guess. Oh, I don't know about that either. Um, Alex, we've got a Monarchs Minute, I see, um, judging by the show doc. So I will turn time over to you for the Monarchs Minute. The Real Monarchs of Harriman City earned a draw and an extra point with a shootout dub over North Texas SC thanks to a stoppage time goal from forward Elijah Paul. The Monarchs looked much more cohesive in this one than they have throughout the majority of the season as they rallied off multiple close chances in relatively prolonged succession. They looked good for a while. And not to be lost in the shuffle, center back Zach Farnsworth, ding, 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 bingo card. If you haven't heard that name in a long time, you finally do. Started and went 63 minutes in this one. This was his first start of the season after coming off the bench against San Jose a week ago. And if you haven't followed Zach's injury history, this is huge news. The dude, we've been told, has tons of talent but can't stay healthy. He had a very close header in this one but barely missed the mark. Fingers crossed the young bull can stay on the field. He has had... Season-ending injuries in three of the last four seasons, two of the last three seasons. It's been a very long time. No Moses Nyman in this one, and unfortunately, hashtag Axel Kaiwatch 2023 continues on as he did not make the game day roster once again. The Monarchs will head to Los Angeles to take on the LA Galaxy 2 next Saturday, August 19th at 8.30 p.m.
And that's all I have, boys. This seems to be, and uh, this seems to be you kind of the way. Just copy and paste the whole Monarchs entire season. <laughs> this seems to be the way that the Monarchs kind of do it. I mean, they they seem to get a little bit better at the end of the season. But I was, I, I don't know if you guys saw on our uh, our season pass account, David Dillman commented on, um, I think our episode, or, or at least just tagged us and reminded us that for as bad as we perceive the Monarchs to have been this season, they're facing. The, the roster is comprised of mostly academy guys, guys that are a lot younger, facing teams that are like, I don't know if you guys have seen Colorado 2's roster, like the Rapids 2 team that they've been putting out. It's like does it have the exa- Luke Mulholland on it? No, it does not. But it is the, it's like basically... That was championship um, Real <laughs> Monarchs benching Richie Ledesma for Luke Mulholland. Thank you very much. It's based, they're Colorado yeah, Rapids 2 You look really surprised that happened base- for a whole season, dude. <laughs> The Colorado Rapids. <laughs> Poor Ethan. <laughs> no, for, the, for the listeners out there that are not viewing this in uh, video, Alex's uh, got his headphones and threw them on the ground. Alex's audio cut out a little bit, so I think that was partly sending a. <laughs> I don't have the patience for this today. Colorado Rapids two team is essentially a carbon copy of their main Colorado Rapids team, which I mean for MLS played horrible. Yeah, exactly. MLS play, they've been terrible, but like, if you take a start, any starting MLS team, and you put them in MLS Next Pro, they're automatically going to do pretty well. And so, we've got to give the Monarchs a little bit of a break, um, but it's kind of how this this team is run. I don't care at all about the results, you know, they can lose every game, and I would still be not okay with it because I don't think that's the best way to develop players, but I'm not looking for them to win games, but I am looking for them to grow players and i don't even know that we're seeing that i don't know that moses nyman has gotten a lot better this year i don't know that delence or bobby pierre have really progressed all that much and i think it's kind of hard to do so when your team is in such a state of flux when the roster is constantly turning over and that's something that we've kind of given a pass to olave for for the last two three years but at some point he needs to step up and say hey tony beltran or whoever happens to be running the monarchs at that moment in time when we ask who's in charge of the monarchs because that question changes a lot or i guess rather the answer does they need to have some sort of stability whether that's just leaning fully into academy kids and not bringing down guys from the first team or always just being this first team reject landing spot i don't know what it is but i'm not worried about the results i'm just concerned that people don't seem to be getting a lot better and i think that's pretty evident when there's very little chances for them up at the first team but maybe that's a good thing because the first team's just so good but we've gone on too long about the monarchs how do you have says, anything says to say? I. <laughs> I, was, I, was waiting I just i just was going to add that I, it's spot on to say that the Monarchs should be, this should be a growth place for, for players. We should be play, seeing players uh, that are younger, at least grow here a little bit and then be able to make that leap to the first team. I think that's the piece that has missed so far. Obviously having Axel Kai out for as long as he has been, Jude Wellings hasn't really done much after getting yeah, the first it's been team a long contract. Time since he's come back from the all-star game and he hasn't really yeah. been a central figure. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And so I think, I think that's part of the problem is, is this growth figure is just not working out and to, to give a little bit of, of um, some grace, I guess, in saying that getting players in like Elijah Paul and uh, Berton that are, you know, going to be new players for the team. I mean, when we go out and acquire these players in a draft, it probably does make more sense to give them the chance. If you see something there versus someone who's been on the Monarchs for a year or two, and basically cut those players and add these new players that you get to see what they've got. 
Um, so unfortunately, it might be part of the, the part of the world that they're in to be rotating that that roster frequently. It seems like RSL's kind of done the opposite. They had a plethora of injuries and a bunch of guys out on international duty near the beginning of the season, and so they had guys like Elijah Paul and Bertan Yakison on the bench for like the first team, and now they've just gone to the Monarchs. It's like going back. Bertan has actually not gotten a lot of Monarchs minutes recently. I don't know where yeah. he's at because he's not getting RSL minutes either. He's not really making the bench, so maybe he's injured, him, but he'll be back. I'm sure. Yeah, we'll keep you um, updated right here on RSL Season Pass. We will as much <laughs> with, with as much information as we know with uh, the little information that we get. But um, let's go ahead and move on. Uh, as I mentioned, there is no Royal Roundup today, so Cody's muted for however long. No, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> just to set an expectation, there yes. probably won't be a Royal Roundup That's until true. we get significant news, which. At this point, is staff hiring, player hirings, whatever that that ends up looking like. But for right now, it's it. There probably won't be a whole lot until that stuff starts taking shape. So just so everyone has the expectations right for that. And as the World Cup winds down, I really assume news will ramp up as soon as yes. that's over and players yeah, that's are true. more readily available to talk contracts. That's a great that's point. Yep. Um, we just watched uh, Leo Messi and Inter Miami on a side note uh, advance to the finals, the League's Cup, which was awesome. Uh, at least I did. Um, and now we're doing a watch-along, or at least I'm doing a watch-along with the, the Monterey-Nashville <laughs> game. So I know you guys are going to hate me for doing that. The game's just about to start. Can I just point out a stat that they mentioned on the broadcast from the Inter-Miami sure. game? Go for it. They mentioned that Miami had scored 22 goals in 22 league games prior to the League's Cup. And they are currently in six games in the League's Cup at 21 goals. <laughs> That is what Messi did to this team. That is one way or another. Insanity, dude. Obviously, he has not scored all of them, but I think his presence alone does that to this team. People are going to forget how bad Miami was before he showed up. Like, like, obviously, as they should, you know, enjoy them as one of the best teams, you know, apparently in the nation now. They were horrific. We're talking like 2013 DC United bad. Yeah, they they were were bad. It's unplayable. They were so bad. This is remarkable. What an Shout incredible out. teammate he is, too, to just get people to rally around him like that and just simplify yep. things by just giving the greatest player to ever play the game the ball. Yep. Shout out to stuff. the Royal Riot for creating a bracket competition for League's Cup. I entered it just for fun. Um, I was in first. I'm now in fourth, which mm-hmm. isn't great. But I predicted Nashville to be the champion. Um, don't know I why I did that. that. But if they advance to the final and somehow beat Messi, which seems impossible right now, That'd be pretty cool uh, to predict the champion of this tournament. Regardless, as long as you're ahead of Hayden, I think we're okay. <laughs> I think I'm not anymore, so I gotta re- reclaim that back. But we'll see. We'll see how it turns out. We still got. That. I thought he said he put picked RSL for the final. There's no way he's oh, ahead of you. Well, then he's probably. or if he didn't, then he's a fake fan, and so you know. I, I picked Inter Miami to get to the semifinal, and then I picked them to lose in the semifinal and go to the third place game. So mm-hmm. I shouldn't have done that. But I really it's hope okay. You're ahead of Hayden. I, I got two semifinalists. I'm pretty proud of that. I'm proud um, of you, Ethan. Thank you very much. Um, <laughs> we're going to move on to the one piece of club news we've got here. It kind of has to do with the the game, and uh, yeah. I guess we'll just jump right into it. It's the it's it's one of the worst things to happen to RSL at this point in the season. Yeah. Pablo Ruiz sustained an injury in the first half of the LAFC game, needed to be removed from that one, um, and in came. Uh, Nelson, Nelson Palacio uh, into that game. Um, obviously, we'll talk about the result and, and how that one went, but 
Paulo Ruiz's injury turned out to be pretty serious, requires surgery, and he is likely out for the rest of the season. There is a possibility that he could be back for the playoffs, but I would not bet on it at this point. Um, Alex has added in here that the official timeline from Club Senior Director of Athlete Health and Performance, Taryn Enns, is the exact timeline for his return to the field will be determined later as his rehabilitation progresses. But typically, this type of repair requires around four to six months to allow the necessary healing and return to full participation. Pablo has already begun his re rehabilitation with our medical staff, and we will update his progress as we enter the latter months of the season. For me, I'm just expecting Pablo to be gone for the rest of the season. It's, it's a massive blow, maybe other than someone like Chicho Arango or, or Jefferson Savarino, this is probably the one guy you would not want to have injured for the rest of the season for RSL. Big blow, and as we saw from the LAFC result in game, this midfield's got to figure it out fast with no Paulo Ruiz because he made this midfield tick. Yeah, I might even be willing to say he's a bigger loss than Savarino would be. I, I, I don't I think want to so say too. that because it's that possible. makes my heart really sad. This is what we were all kind of worried about. I have said for two to three weeks now that we have been incredibly healthy all season long. And unfortunately it really did kind of feel like we were due for one, but a season ender to a guy who's logged more minutes than just about anybody else on the field for RSL this year in a position of need hurts really, really bad. Again, people kind of forgot how good Pablo was at the start of last season. And then he kind of showed us over the course of, you know, 12 months, he had a really tough time. Uh, midway through the season last year following the passing of his father and he was kind of in and out of the lineup and in and out of people's good graces he's been nothing but sensational all season long in 2023 so this is a huge blow and Ethan as you mentioned with four months that puts you at mid-December so at the earliest expectation from uh, you know the club di uh, physical director Taryn Enns like best case scenario he's back for MLS Cup is that really what you're going to count on I think they should just declare him out for the season with that timeline yeah. And just use the extra roster spot. I don't know who you use it on or exactly what sort of flexibility you have putting somebody on the season ending injury list. But you know you do get some cap relief, uh, as we saw earlier in the year with Eric Holt. So I don't know. I don't know where we go. Nelson Palacio is the obvious answer. I don't know that he's the only answer. I think it could necessitate a change in formation. He's the only player on the roster who I think losing for the season would necessitate a change. Maybe Justin Glad forces you to go a different look at the back line. But I think losing him with Ojeda being as good as he is, you could maybe play Ojeda as a single defensive midfielder or in more of a 4-3-3 instead of this 4-4-2. I don't know exactly what the answer is going to be for Pablo. Mastro any, that is. But this is just about the worst news that could have come out of that LAFC game. Yeah, I just to give my thoughts on it... I. I agree. I think he's probably the, the, the one of the most important players to lose, bar Savarino and Chicho, maybe. Um, and, and that's just the work that he does in the midfield. Looking at his regular season stats for MLS play, he has the he has he's second for goal contributions on our team this year, and number one is is Jefferson Savarino, uh, who has nine, uh, and Pablo has eight, uh, and that's four that's goals brutal. and four assists from Pablo. Um, and then, you know, obviously Chicho has not had a full season yet, but uh, his impact uh, is, is pretty major to this squad as well. Somebody like, uh, okay, so actually I apologize. Danny Musovsky also has nine goal contributions. Uh, he has five goals and four assists. Uh, so he's tied with Jefferson Savarino. Third would be Pablo um, Ruiz. Uh, 
So that's, I mean, that's a brutal loss, especially considering that he, he provides more than just those goals and assists in the game. He's a defensive minded player who wins the ball in a lot of great positions. And, and, you know, oftentimes we'll get a pass to the pass that is the assist or, you know, the buildup play that he creates, um, his loss on the field will be, will be pretty major. Uh, and to slot in someone like Nelson Palacio as, as the, as the backup to that helps. But if you watch this LAFC game, I mean, he's not, he's not Pablo Ruiz. No one on our team is Pablo Ruiz besides Pablo. So in order to fill that position, it's not, it's not just slotting someone in there to get that. I think you maybe get 75% of what Pablo brings in somebody like Jasper Leffelsen or, you know, maybe Nelson Palacio, but we also haven't seen a whole lot of Nelson Palacio. So it's tough to see where this team goes in the midfield from here. I don't think it's all doom and gloom. I think we have built a really solid, uh, uh, you know, core of players for the starting uh, squad. And the fact that we do have depth in the midfield is helpful, but it's going to be a loss that's felt. I think it is reasonably telling that Moses Nyman did not play for the Monarchs in their most recent game, because I think there's probably an all out brawl for that spot right now in camp for RSL. I think you've got, if you look at the depth chart, Ojeda is clearly the number one, you know, signed his extension. He's here for good. He's staying. Nobody's touching him. And then it comes down to Palacio, who you mentioned has not looked good in the minutes that he has had. Granted, he's had them in really tough spots. You look at that first half on the road in Kansas city with a rotated lineup, hard to assume he does much there. And then coming into the LAFC game, he just got absolutely overrun. But again, who didn't? So how much can you really play there? But he hasn't played, you know, zero minutes. So we have seen some of him. Has he done enough to fend off a guy like you mentioned in Leffelson or a Scott Caldwell or a Moses Nyman? Or does it necessitate a change in the midfield shape? I'm not entirely sure how it's going to play out, but I do think Moses Nyman is kind of the sneaky dark horse here. He's got so many minutes with the Monarchs this year. I don't know that he's gotten a whole lot better with the Monarchs. I've watched a lot of him play. He feels to me like pretty much the same player he was when he came in. I don't know if the player that he came in as is going to be good enough to unseat a U22 guy in Nelson Palacio or, you know, a, a rather trusted guy in Jasper Loffelson. But I do think it's something to keep an eye on. I don't think he is a name that's going to go away quickly. And he would be my, I don't know if he'd be my favorite, but he would be the one, you know, if I'm looking at money lines, he would probably have the greatest payout and best odds. I would put my money on Moses Nyman starting in three weeks for this RSL squad through the end of the year. I'm willing to say that. Ethan Zoning has said no, but I think it's going to be a couple weeks of figuring it out. And then I think mm-hmm. Moses is really going to take that spot. I would bet you that it'll be more of a rotation between Nelson Palacio and Jasper Leffelson. Uh, there's a reason the RSL continued to hold on to Jasper Leffelson. And, uh, you know, and brought in Palacio. Uh, Palacio, you're right, has struggled at times. And so it's possible that maybe we see a guy like Ojeda need to step up and go a full 90. And then maybe it's a combination of starting Leffelson or starting Palacio. And then at some point, substituting one of them out and bringing the other one in at that same position. Um, Nyman, while, while he has a great potential, he is young. Um, and I think he will be on the bench as an available option to bring in as possibly a substitute at that position at certain points in games. But I don't know that he has any large, larger role because of this injury. I think it's just coming onto the bench in, in relief and a possible substitute if needed for some sort of situation like closing out a game. But I think Jasper Leffelson, uh, while he and Palacio have struggled, they are the best options to cover at this point. They need to figure it out. They've had some time now after the, the League's Cup exit. 
but I think it's going to be them going forward. And, it, and it's I fine think because we're, we're deeper, as Cody mentioned, this is a deeper position. And so thankfully we have guys like Leffelson and, uh, and Palacio to come in and, and, you know, play a role. And I think they can do it. And I think that's totally reasonable to assume. And I think the depth chart is probably lined up that way. I just say, don't be surprised if Moses Simon takes that spot because he has played much much more defensively in that pivot for the Monarchs than I think either Leffelsund or Palacio has been asked to play in their short time in 2023 for RSL. So I think if you're looking for a guy to replace the more defensive-minded Pablo Ruiz to allow Ojeda to get forward a little bit more, which changes week to week, but I think that's probably the way they see it going forward. I think that guy is Moses Nyman, who you mentioned is, is very young, but he's only a year younger than Nelson Palacio. So both are two very young, uh, I don't want to say inexperienced, but relatively inexperienced players i'm gonna i'm gonna spice it up a little bit too Scott and Caldwell. add in Scott so, Caldwell. Scott Caldwell. No. say it say it that would be making it more, much more bland uh Anelli. <laughs> we haven't talked about him at all but he that's has really played in the point, midfield actually. before that's a really we point. could totally see him slot in his midfielder and bodhi hidalgo yeah. take the right back position uh, so, i think you're right I think you're that's right. Uh, that's another possibility that we could see uh i don't in know how who's, you're, you're yeah. right. in someone who's already like starting that. minutes and and has played that position before <laughs> that's a really have, so. really good point but you nailed that one <laughs> i think you're right i think Amekanelli goes there plays more defensive minded you put brody back at right back and then you put brian bear at left back silver oh my gosh stop with the brian Barrett stuff because oh then you got marcelo that tweet that i sent out that i was like this is the lineup for rsl to win 2023 mls cup and i didn't include ruiz wow that's crazy Awkward. I hope um, I didn't will this into existence. I feel oh, so. Yeah, so it's your fault, Alex. I know. I feel terrible, but I did have Nelson Palacio starting that game, so one step closer. We all have differing opinions on who's going to be playing that position. I personally think Anelli's been doing great at right back. I'd like to keep him there with Bodie coming off the bench That's in relief, fair. but we'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, this is all speculation because we have yet to see what Pablo mm-hmm. Mastrani does with that position. And I don't um, think this gets answered in one game. I think this is going to be a month's yeah. long. I think it, I think it becomes a fight for that and, position. Which I like this next. Yeah, we'll talk about that. Um, I I agree. Um, other piece of news that hasn't officially broken yet, but I believe is on the way, is that RSL is looking to be signing 26 year old defensive midfielder Kevon Lambert from Jamaica. Uh, he currently plays with the Phoenix Rising of the USL Championship, longest tenured player with the Phoenix Rising. Um, will be coming over to, to RSL for a chance to play in MLS. Um, so this is obviously a move given the the news of the Pablo injury to come in. I, I expect him to probably be a Monarchs player. He has been playing in the USL Championship. Probably start off with the Monarchs, but depending on how good he is, you guys mentioned there's a fight for that spot now. He's just going to be included and start fighting for that spot as well. So... And I, uh, you, know, you mentioned the Monarchs being such a young roster. I think this could really help getting some true experience in. But uh, I see him as more of an RSL signing. I think the timing is going to make it look tough because of Pablo Ruiz going down. That it's going to make it look maybe a little bit more obvious as an RSL signing. But I think he was always probably the Scott Caldwell replacement. Nashville just scored and went up 1-0 on Monterrey. On Monterrey. And- it's crazy. I've been watching this game on and off, and Nashville looks frazzled, man. I'm going to come unplug your monitor. <laughs> That's fine. Go for <laughs> it. To be fair, Monterey was losing to LAFC. Oh, yes, they were losing to LAFC, and they came back and won that game. So I, I will not that's count true. them out of anything. They are comeback kings for sure. Um, wow, Mukhtar scores it. 
it's like a curler from just inside the box over the goalkeeper, unstoppable. Um, but yeah, dude, Nashville was Nashville was playing out of the back. Their goalkeeper Joe Willis was like just trying to he was like passing the ball out of bounds several times. Like they looked so lost, and then they come out of nowhere and score a goal. So good for them. I hope Nashville wins. Speaking cool. of goalkeepers passing balls out of the back and teams looking lost, ooh, guys. I hear we played a game against Los Angeles FC. Tell me about we, it, Ethan. We did. did. We? We've got a game to get to. It feels like forever ago, and most of us have kind of erased the game from our minds. Yeah, we'll do this one for on that. double time. Let's give ourselves a five-minute limit, sure. let's say. Maybe. Yeah. We'll cool. see. RSL played against LAFC Tuesday, August 8th in the League's Cup game. As I'm sure you can all tell by the way that we've been talking through this episode, and if you didn't watch the game, which you, I don't know, you probably shouldn't have, uh, RSL was 0-0 going into halftime uh, against LAFC with some hope in this one. However, in the second half, Dennis Buonga gets a pair of goals four minutes apart. Nathan Ordaz gets one in the 62nd, and then Philippe Krastev gets a goal in the 84th minute to seal it for LAFC. They win this game quite handedly, 4-0. I will give you guys some a chance to talk about your feelings about this game. For me, my feelings are very succinct. LAFC is the better team. This game, for me... Doesn't really matter as much as some people may care about it. Um, I'm okay. I, I, and this is not coming from a place of no passion. I'm okay with the team losing, taking this time to rest, especially given the Pablo injury. Because for me, that was the biggest takeaway from this game was the fact that Pablo is out for the season. So I, it also maybe kind of led to the loss too with the jumbled midfield. But um, yeah, for me, there's no, there's no bigger takeaway than the Pablo injury. We move on. RSL had a hot streak coming into the League's Cup, and then they lost it because they lost to Monterrey. They lose this game. I just want to see them be able to kind of get their feet back under them in the next game that we'll talk about and we'll preview, and then the big game, which I'm sure we'll hint at, is the one where they need to go all out. So, yeah, those are my thoughts on this game. Pretty similar thoughts for me, too. The one thing I will say is that against really good teams, we were 7-0. and Seven goals scored against us, none scored for us. I'm thinking of the Monterey and the LAFC game, and that is just simply not even close to good enough. I know the club has touted a very, very strong last 20-some-odd games, and they earned that. We had a very, very good streak. But if you're coming up against championship-caliber teams and you're getting absolutely waxed when LAFC is missing Carlos Vela, it's probably a bad sign. I don't think that this tournament... I was ready to win it. I was ready to be a League's Cup stand for the rest of my life if we did make it to a final. Now that we're not, you know, I lost interest pretty darn quick. The Messi effect is real, and I'm still interested in see if he could win something with Miami this early on in his MLS career. That would be awesome. But I don't really care about the rest of League's Cup anymore now that RSL's locked out or knocked out. But I do worry that in the two games that we had a pretty clear underdog tail going into it, we got crushed, man. Like, didn't even look playable. Monterey just completely from the minute one was just all over. It's LAFC, pretty similar thing, too. We somehow make it into halftime 0-0 and then just get shellacked by a team that was better in all aspects. And you look at Dennis Boanga, like, they're stoked they didn't pay Chicho money so that they could have enough to slide Dennis Boanga into that DP roster slot. So not saying that Chicho is not a good player. You know, he had one off game. That's okay, but... LAFC, man, they're just like a different run organization. And it's it's championship or bust every single time they step out on the field. Yeah. And it's 
in my opinion, it's what we need to be chasing. And until we can point to a team that is, uh, you know, I, I don't want to say much better than us because I feel like that's a little paradoxical to say that the only way you're going to get good is to beat better teams than you. Because once you get to that level, there's probably not too many teams that are better than you. But I just think we were outcoached in those two games. I just don't think we looked prepared. And the things that we do well, we didn't do well enough. And the things that we do poorly, like trying to play out of a high press, we did very, very poorly. A la Justin Glad passing the ball to a uh, LAFC striker. But so there was nowhere else to go with that ball. So I don't know. Really, I feel like it's more of a systemic issue than just Justin Glad making a mistake. But that's all I have on this one. I think times will get better, but I think they there's going to be some real growing pains trying to replace Pablo Ruiz. Definitely, definitely. I think, uh, I mean, you guys have, have hit on it already a little bit, but our defense in this game was, we lost our shape multiple times. And I think what we, what we did was we had assumed that LAFC players were not going to get passes in where they needed to to score in certain situations or they were not going to get a ball through into a certain spot to score and they did a lot of times and I think those assumptions made by our, by our players in those moments are, are what lead to these mistakes and I think we have to be we have got to be short-footed every single time we have to make the the smart and the correct play every time we can't make any assumptions about what's going to happen on the defensive side of the ball um, I so well drilled, man. It felt like more they than are ever that a, you know an opposing team had an extra player on the field when they didn't. Yep. Yeah, I, and I think I hold a little more stock in this game than you guys do because anytime you roll your starters out like that and you're you're telling them to be competitive, you don't expect to lose. You should not expect to lose four zero to any team. That's a good point. If we are if we are saying that this team is better, that they are doing better, that they are competitive, that we're going to make a run in the playoffs. We can't lose to any team four to zero at our home, at their home, no matter what the circumstances are, if we are playing our starters. So again, I think the result is fine if you have that expectation going in. I don't think any of us should have had that expectation going in, given the fact that the starters are playing. I if did. we end up playing, fired up, dog. <laughs> I, I, I predicted RSL to lose. I was the only one of us three that did that. I, yeah. I, I think we all. I think yeah, but, we all. Uh, what you're saying, Cody, is when the starters roll out, there should be zero expectation that you're going to get shellacked. There exactly. Be no acceptance of the fact that you just went out. And we lost should see a competitive game, first half, second half, extra time, penalties, whatever it ends up being. If you are going to roll out your starters again, the expectation changes. If we're playing some backups, some second string, third stringers, that's fine. If we do that against LAFC and we lose four zero, I I don't care. I I then get to the mentality of saying, great, we lost. Let's take the break. Let's move on to the game that really matters, which is you know the Open Cup game against Houston. However, we played our starters and it was bad. I mean, we 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 got we got destroyed. We lost Pablo Ruiz. This is probably the worst case scenario for us from this game. Of, of what we could have seen. So I would have felt a lot better about it if we played our backups and didn't risk an injury in this game. That's yeah. that's my thoughts on it. Mike, drop. You nailed it, man. Notably, Michael Chang comes into this game. We haven't seen Michael Chang for quite some time. Um, he comes into this game a little bit later. Andres Gomez gets the start on the wing, likely trying to give Diego Luna a little bit of a rest, plus trying to kind of get confidence for Gomez. Did not work. In this one, RSL just had nothing going. Um, players played fine in the first half. Um, the second half was where it all just fell apart for me. I'm fine moving on and previewing the Galaxy game if you guys are. Real quick, I, I do want to add, I, th I think, uh, is it, are we going with Andres or Carlos Gomez? I always forget. Andres, Andres. Andres Gomez. I, that one down now. I think he looked fine in this game, honestly. I, I don't 
I don't know that if Diego Luna plays in his position, if anything else different happens because it was such a, uh, destruction on our end of the field as far as how that game unfolded. But I thought he looked fine. And, you know, looking at his stats in the season as well, he's provided four assists and had a goal in the time that he's had. So I, I, I do think it's probably a confidence thing for him. And I think if you can get him back to, you know, that level that he was at when he first came in, we, we probably see some better results and I'm totally okay with him and Luna switching, switching off minutes. You think if Demiracle runs it back and gets some playing time in this game, the the result changes? No, not even. Totally, <laughs> we win five four at that point. I'm just saying, man. Last time, the last time that uh, we remember Demir going to LAFC and having a notable performance was that playoff game with the the karate kick, which was beautiful yeah. and amazing. And we'll have to live off those memories for now until we can figure <laughs> out a way to beat LAFC in LA. Um, shall we move on to the game preview? I would love to. Yes. All right. Let's go ahead and do it. RSL will play against. The LA Galaxy, this game is not a tournament game. It is regular MLS play. This game will be played on Sunday, August 20th. A rare Sunday game at 8.30 p.m. in LA. LA is currently 13th out of 14 places in the West on 22 total points with 5 wins, 7 draws, and 10 losses. For me, my score prediction in this game, I think it's easy to go with a win. However, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to go with a loss, actually. I'm going to say the RSL has, I mean, they had a ton of steam from their win streak, and they were playing very, very well. Um, and I think that the Galaxy is easily a team that, that RSL can beat. Um, they've shown it in the past that they can do it, but they've also shown in the past that they can lose at the Galaxy. They did that at home um, in regular play, and then they, they beat the Galaxy, and I believe it was the Open Cup. Um, and so I'm going to predict this goes down as a loss for... Maybe one or two big reasons. The first one I can think of is I personally don't think RSL is going to be full strength in this game. And I don't think they're going to play all the starters. And if I'm Pablo Mastrani, I'm not doing that. What I'm doing is I'm letting guys like, I don't know, take your pick. Chicho Arango, Jefferson Savarino, um, probably even Diego Luna, Danny Masovsky. Like, that is our attacking four right there. I'm sitting those guys on the bench and maybe giving them some time at the end of the game to just come in, kind of get their feet under them, get back to get used back to kind of playing against MLS caliber teams because um, I think they're going to need it. I think they're going to need the rest. I think they're going to need to get that time to be able to play a little bit. Uh, and so I, I expect this game to be heavily rotated. The defensive midfield spots, I actually don't think Ojeda is going to start this game. Um, but I, I think that he might come in later, similar to the other attacking guys. I think that they'll probably try out something with maybe Lawfelsund, and I don't even know if Palacio starts this game. Maybe it's maybe it's Scotty's turn. Maybe Scott Caldwell gets some action in this game. I don't know. Um, but I, I don't think the RSO will be full force, um, and I think it could be a very rotated squad. For that reason, I'm going to go 2-1. to one. Galaxy win this game. When is the Houston game again? That's the... That's why we're not going to be full force for this game is because the twenty the twenty third our next week next week we will be previewing the Houston game which in case you aren't comprised or aware for me at least will be the biggest game RSL will ever well, have ever played up until this point because if they win that game and Inter Miami beat Cincinnati Lionel Messi comes to Utah and it'll be happening so is it the twenty third or the twenty fourth twenty third they've got two days of rest wait twenty Wednesday. Let's see. Sunday would be 23rd. Then it'll be Wednesday. Wait, no, it's the 23rd. It's the 23rd. Yeah, Tuesday. Yeah, goodness me. They are 
they are not playing their starters in this game. Or at least should not uh, be. The problem Tuesday? is, in losing... I think he meant Wednesday. In losing... No, Wednesday. Yeah, Wednesday. Cody Wednesday. will look it up. He'll find it. Still, still. In losing Pablo Ruiz, I think you have such a massive piece of the puzzle that you have to replace in ramping up for that Houston game. I don't think you have any time to waste experimenting. You know what I mean? You, you if have to experiment. This is the experiment. See, but what I'm saying is it's not an experiment. If you're going to, you can only have one variable, right? For it to be a true proper experiment, you can't take out the entirety of the attack and then put in new midfielders alongside Brian Ojeda and expect that to be anything functionally close to what it's going to be when Chicho, Sava, Musovsky, Luna are in. Sorry, I don't want to injure Chicho for the Houston game. I agree, but I think the the puzzle piece that is Pablo Ruiz is so large and so significant that in trying to replace him, you must keep everything around him similar. Because if you don't, then you run the risk of learning nothing. And if you're going to use this LA Galaxy game, as I think you should, somewhat of a scouting report to figure out who's going to fill in for Pablo Ruiz, you must make it game-like. You must make it like a real situation, like a real semifinal, because if you don't, you're not going to learn anything. If you roll out Moses Nyman and, let's say, a Mecca Anelli, that's a combination that you are definitely not going to see against Houston. And so in doing that, you're not going to learn anything about Moses Nyman, and you're probably not going to learn much about a Mecca Anelli and I don't think it's going to give you a good answer as to who starts alongside Brian Ojeda in what we all seem to agree is the most important game played at Rio Tinto Stadium in quite some it's time. It's not going to be played at Rio Tinto Stadium. It's going to be in Houston. Or, yes, game. rather, lead but up to the, the most important game. That we is all true. know what I mean. That is true, yeah. And yeah. so I think, in my opinion, you need to roll out all of the starters. Is no, two no, no, days no, no, no. of rest enough? Let Probably the starters- not. Come in as substitutes, some of them at least. So See, maybe but then, you start, I, then I think you, you've a couple lost starters, too much in the experiment. You've, start a you've, couple you've starters, changed too much. And then bring in guys like Ojeda and whoever you want, Palacio or Leffelsund, to see what works. Do it at halftime for all I care. But don't give them the full game because I, I am just I'm worrying about an injury. Give them 60 minutes. Give them, That's fine. Give them 60 we can do that minutes. too. I'm cool I with think, that. I think it is because we all Whatever. know game state, like it's going to play different if they're starting versus if they come on at halftime versus if they come on at 60 minutes. Whatever works. They, just need, they need to stay healthy, RSL, please. To start together. I think they've had, what, two weeks off now going into this game. So I think there's hopefully enough gas in the tank that they could do, you know, a Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday, or whatever it may be, Sunday, Wednesday, Saturday, whatever. I think you need to roll out the starters in this game. I think RSL does. I think they come out with a good, strong lineup that includes Chicho Sava, Musovsky, Luna, Ojeda, and hopefully Moses Nyman, but probably not. Probably Leffelsund would be my guess. And I think they come out and they win. And I'm going to take RSL 2-0 over the LA Galaxy. I like it. Uh, I am just going to get what get. I'm going to get to my prediction right away. I'm going to say two one win for us uh and i would like to see probably a combination of what you guys are talking about because i do think that there's probably i mean pablo is probably a little concerned seeing pablo go down with this injury that i i have to think we don't want to lose another player right before playing what we all agree is the biggest game for rsl in the last few years if we Um, win in houston i know i'm sorry i messed that one up too yeah yeah right 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 If, if we win in houston so i think um i don't know i for me, I, I have to think that we probably will rest some of our starting talent 
and uh, look at this game as sort of a, a rest game for our starters. I would like to see the midfield players start, though. I would like to see uh, Palacio. I would like to see a midfield pairing of Palacio and Leffelsund in this game. And I know I like what, you, what you were saying, Alex, of, you know, and I agree with what you said. If you take all the starters out and you have those two in, it's not really an accurate representation of how they'll be with the first team. And I get that. But I just, I think getting those to the minutes in a game like this is pretty important in preparing for the game in Houston, where now you're, you're, you're able to tell, okay, who's our obvious next choice here? Is it Palacio? Is it Leffelsund? So that's, that's my thoughts on, yeah. on this game. And obviously... Yeah. I would be, I'd be totally fine if we rolled out all of our backups and just said, let's save our starters for the next game. Yeah. I don't think that will happen, and I'm okay with that too. I, I think um, I think it'd be a good idea to do that. Throw Palacio and Leffelson in those spots, and then I say, whoever plays the best out of those two through 60 minutes, you sub that one off, and the one that plays the worst, just let them play the rest of the game. Yeah, I do. Um, and see, what I, I would say is that you're just oh. not, you don't build the relationship. You know Ojeda is going to start. Ojeda they is have a great relationship. If he's healthy, they he's going to start. plenty together. Oh, see, I, I totally disagree. I think Leffelson and Ojeda actually looked really disjointed when they played together earlier in the year, so I don't know that it's not worth it. To run whoever it's going to be, I don't care if it's Levelson, uh, Palacio, Amecanelli, Moses Nyman, Scott Caldwell, whoever it may be. But I think you need to do whatever you can to start building that relationship and that chemistry in a real game scenario before you send them out in a semifinal together. It's very difficult to to say that anyone in the midfield has looked good as a pairing when they have not been paired with Pablo, because I think that's just how that's much true. he provides to the team. Yeah, all um, the more reason to try to find one that works. That's a good point. It is, yeah, and I and I agree with that. And I, yeah, I don't know. I I, I it's hope tough. That it's a tough situation, man. Pablo's in some trouble here. He is. It's. I it's don't. Just, end it just feels like a really no win situation. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I think it's fine. Trot, Trot, Bodie had all go out there at right back, left back. Let's some, just uh, let's send Brian Oviedo out there. Brian Vera will probably start this game after resting against LAFC. Um, I bet you. I'm guessing Marcelo Silva might play in this game. I don't know. Um, and then the attack, like, just throw out Michael Chang. Like, whatever. I don't care. Something I think worth mentioning is, Bonnie, I think when please. RSL was doing really good this year, and when we all really enjoyed watching them, was when they were on their run of form, where it was, like, three games a week sometimes, where we would have those back-to-back games. And we didn't shy away from that. I think that actually gave us time to, to get in form and remain in form. And if that's the case with what happens with, with the Galaxy, where we come out and we just walk all over them, and we can carry that momentum into Houston... I'm I'm good with that if that's what happens. So another thing to keep in mind too is Houston also plays that same night uh, against the Timbers uh, yeah. on the twentieth. So they will be playing their game while we play against the Galaxy, and then taking both of that against each other next week. So okay, we are we are oh my gosh, we'll preview that game next week. But like I I will be a wreck next week during that game because I just I really. I have so much mentally invested in that game for RSL to win. You look and like I a just, man that has a lot financially invested in that game. <laughs> I actually, I actually do because if he's not coming here, I fully plan on going to Miami for a weekend to just to watch Messi yeah. play and spending a lot of money to do that. And I don't want to do that. I yeah, I've seen uncut gems. I know what that look is. Ethan, do you have a, do you have a one to watch? Mine's I, I, do, I do. I'm calling my oh, shot. I, I don't like you for taking the position I was going to say, but mine's going to be Nelson Palacio. We saw how not great he was in the midfield against LAFC, and presumably, if Pablo is sticking to his guns, I mean, I think Nelson Palacio probably has the best chance to start against Houston 
with Brian Ojeda when it really matters. Now, there's a lot to, to happen to be able to get there. Um, I th- I, it, it all dep- depends on practice, and if he plays in the Galaxy game, what does he do? Does he look good? Does he not? Does Leffelson look better? If Leffelson looks better, it's probably him. But um, for me, in this game, I want to see I want to see Palacio play at least a little bit. And I want to see how he looks. I want to see if he's improved. I want to see if he's what he's learned from the LAFC game. And if he looks better. And if he looks better, I think it's going to be he and Ojeda. And so I think his play in this game, not necessarily for the result of the game, but for the midfield pairing going forward is going to be very important. So Nelson Palacio is my one to watch. For all the same reasons I pick Moses Nyman. I think there's going to be a relationship built next to Brian Ojeda in this game. I think, I really do, I think it's going to be Moses Nyman. And he's the one to watch for all the same reasons you just pointed out. They've got to figure out that midfield. If they don't, we're in trouble in Houston. And I think he's probably going to be the answer. Great points about the midfield. And I think you guys taking one to watch is in the midfield. Totally makes sense. My one to watch is going to come from the area that looked disastrous in the last game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's our defense. I'm going to say it's Brian Vera uh, because yeah. I think he is, I think he's afforded an opportunity here to show that he can be solid in the back line. And Coming off a you know four zero loss against LAFC, having Justin Glad and Marcelo Silva in that game, if he replaces one of them against Galaxy and we hold a clean sheet or we at least win that game, then I consider it a win for whoever in our in our is in our defense for that game. So that is my one to watch. If you are listening to this podcast right now, I'm going to give you all a week or so to rev up before that Houston game. I implore you. If you are religious, or if you aren't religious, whatever, <laughs> please, oh please, send as many prayers as you can possibly muster that RSO will beat Houston and Inter Miami will beat Cincinnati. Is this like threat level baby sacrificing time, or what are we talking Not about? Not at all. But <laughs> as I mentioned, Save I. Save for the final, Cody. There's. <laughs> I have so we much. We only have one baby. Only I have so baby. much, so much invested in this game, and this this game is it. It, it is everything to me, <laughs> and it sounds dramatic, but like, man, this is the this is. I want RSL to get to the MLS Cup to win the championship. That would be fantastic, but I kind of want this more, and I know that's controversial, but I want Messi to come play at America first field so so bad with every every ounce of my this is the best soccer player ever 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 and you have a chance to witness I think part of that greatness uh, Scott Caldwell Just stop in that conversation <laughs> often I man. very yeah yeah underrated I, I, I just, I hope that that will be the matchup. And I hope that we, when we review that game next week, that I won't get too overly into it, but I probably will. Um, that's, that's the game. That's the big one. That's the only one that matters for me. That's the only one that matters for the next, however long is that game. That's all I'll say. <laughs> Bring us home, <laughs> <That's> Ethan. <laughs> you guys don't have anything. Oh, all right, fine. I'll go ahead and, take us home then i guess um wow thank you all for listening to the episode today hope you've enjoyed it hope you've had some laughs and uh, enjoyed some of the comedy uh, on the episode um also you can find us if you haven't already followed us at rsl season pass on twitter you can find cody on twitter at the kodiak one you find alex at alex mauer 
And you can find me at Ethan Kershaw 9 Once again, thank you, everybody, who has left a rating and or review. We very much appreciate those. Those really help us grow the podcast. Also, go ahead and leave a pod trivia question on the pod trivia database while you are over on www.rslseasonpass.com, the website. That's also where all of our episodes are. It's where you can find all of the weekly episodes. Once again, thank you all very much for your patience on this episode coming up a little bit later than usual and listen to the episode. We hope you enjoy what is coming up on Sunday for RSL, and we will talk to you all next week. See ya. Thank you for listening to another episode of RSL Season Pass. If you enjoyed the show, please rate and review wherever you download your podcast. If you didn't enjoy the show, uh, please keep that to yourself. Be sure to check back next week for a new episode. Same time, same place.